so many of us know a mile this way, um, there is a funeral home named Oaks and Nichols. And to the north of the west parking lot, there is a low brick wall, partly containing some beautiful flowers. But near the brick steps, a seed from one of those beautiful flowers found a crack between the pavement and the brick. This beautiful flower found a place to grow in midst that crack. Do you feel at times as if we have been living between the pavement and the bricks for the past 18 months or so? Our culture has been marked by religious mistrust, hostility in the cities, rejection of institution, corrupted faith, armed revolts, struggles for political power, conflicts between ruling parties, and division in society. We have experienced what it means to live between the pavement and the bricks. But that list I read also describes the world in which Jesus lived. You see, he lived in a world with religious mistrust, hostility in the cities, rejection of institutions, corrupted faith, armed revolts, struggles with political power, conflicts between political parties, divisions in society. Jesus knew just what it meant to live between the pavement and the bricks. So the question becomes, how did Jesus manage life? between the pavement and the bricks. Jesus managed life by looking to the Father. And we manage life in the midst of this living between the pavement and the bricks by looking to Jesus. After all, most of us in this room would claim that we are disciples of Christ, right? And if we are disciples of Jesus Christ, we learn from him. Scripture that we are given is God's truth that never changes. Go after him with all that we have and all that we are. The central focus of Jesus' life was his relationship to the Father. Jesus could do nothing apart from the Father, and his entire mission in life was to do the will of God. We, as disciples, find our hope, find our peace in abiding in Jesus. It's not always easy, though, is it? 
being a disciple and finding our hope and our peace and simply abiding in Jesus is sometimes challenging. But Jesus knows we are disciples in training, not disciples that have it all figured out. You see, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River, and a voice from heaven proclaims that Jesus is the Son of God. Who Jesus is, having been confirmed, now the devil will do anything and everything he can to destroy Jesus. And this is where we encounter our scripture today. In Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Let's hear these words from God. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus hold, told him. For the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away. And the angels came and took care of Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You see, Jesus was baptized. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Then the devil took him. He was spirit-led, led by the Holy Spirit, and then the devil took him and encountered him with three temptations. Turn the stones into bread, leap off of the temple, and acquire all the kingdoms. The first two challenges, Jesus proves his deity. If you are the Son of God, the last dares Jesus to reject his deity. You see, Jesus rebuked all three by quoting the Hebrew scriptures. The devil shows that he took two known scriptures, trying to make the second temptations more appealing. But Jesus knew better. Jesus knew that he couldn't be tricked. The devil leaves because he was unable to entice Jesus to sin. You see, as disciples, we must know the same. God cares about our sins. 
Adam and Eve rejected God's command and ate of that forbidden fruit back in the very beginning of the scriptures. The people of Israel rejected God's command and they made a golden calf. Jonah rejected God's command and ran away from his calling. And every time the commands of God were rejected, disaster followed. Disaster still trails at the heels of sin. You see, the wages of sin is death. This is not an easy topic to think about. Our sin disrupts and fragments our lives. That sin is appealing on the surface. The fulfillment of our desires right then and right there is appealing. But then we get beneath the surface and there we see the poison that lurks that will ultimately destroy us. We are known and we are drawn by the whispers of the pleasures only to find that it offers a short season of delight and a long, sometimes lifelong, season of pain. But here's the truth. Through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to give into temptation You can be free from the power of sin in your life. Sin can't be overcome by our own power, but by the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Salvation is not self-help recovery. Salvation is not a moralistic therapeutic deism. Salvation brings not only forgiveness and pardon, but also an empowerment and a freedom from sin so that we can live a holy life with God. You and I can be delivered from all of our sins to live the kind of life that the scripture tells us is possible only by the grace of God and Jesus Christ. You can have the power and the freedom over the ways of sin and death today and every day with the salvation that comes in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is our risen Lord. He is the one who comes to save us, to rescue us, to heal us, and to set us free. So the question becomes, are you satisfied with your life? Are you content with where you are? Have you become stale and stagnant in your relationship with Jesus? Comfortable with your spiritual life? Have you become apathetic in your life in Christ? Or are you ready to ask God and the Holy Spirit to come And to wake you up. There's a scripture that says, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. The light of Christ will shine on you. Is this the prayer we all need to be praying today? As we live between the bricks and the pavement. 
God has more in store for us than a stale and stagnant relationship with Jesus. He wants us to be fully alive in him. God wants us to be hungry and thirsty for him in all that we do and all that we say. If you want the joy of experiencing God breaking through the canceled sin in your life, pray today for God and the Holy Spirit to come and set you free from the sin that is lurking around you. People today are desperate, desperate for freedom from all the ways that sin grabs us and holds on to us in our lives. But all we have to do is confess our sins, and God will relieve us of those sins. You see, the devil shrunk before Jesus when Jesus didn't live in to what he wanted him to do. The devil and our sins will shrink before us when we call upon the name of Jesus and ask for Jesus to come and to take away the sins in our life. This series, we are learning more about how to abide in Jesus, how to live a life fully buying in and spending time as Jesus, as our guide, as our focus, as our leader. There are many, many ways that we can abide in Jesus. But before we do that, we have to let go of the sin in our lives and ask for freedom for that so that Jesus be can become in and begin to work in our lives as the author of life. This week, in your packet, you will see a sheet that talks about ways to abide in Jesus. When we are seeking to abide in Jesus more fully, to spend more time with Jesus so that Jesus is the author of life and not the pressures of the world, we must seek the Holy Spirit in all that we do and say. We must respond to the temptations and the sin in our life with the word of God. Have you ever tried fasting? Spending time with God in prayer versus enjoying the pleasures of a meal or other things. Abiding in Christ means giving up something of ourselves to live more fully into who he has called us to be with our prayers, our reading of the Holy Scripture, and quality time with our Lord and Savior. This week, as we are striving to abide more in Christ, I'm going to ask that you take this. I'm going to ask that you read through these different options that we have given you to abide more fully in Christ, I'm going to ask that you not do the easy one, that you stretch yourself to possibly the one that you have never done before.
so that you can experience life anew in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Oh God, bring the Holy Spirit into our lives. God, we know that the, from the Father and the Son, God, you have given us the Spirit. And God, we know that the Spirit was given to walk and guide our lives here on earth. And God, as the Spirit is walking and guiding our lives, God, we ask that the Spirit reveal to us the places of our lives that are wrapped in God, reveal to us the places we need to be set free from. Today we claim that you are our Lord and our Savior and the one who can set us free. That you can take away the chains that are holding us back. God, you are the one that can give us a life that is full of hope and peace and joy. Release us, God, from the life filled with sin to a life in you. God, we thank you for the gift of your salvation, for the gift of your son dying on the cross out of an act of love for each of us. God, and help us to see that act of love and to not take it for granted, God, but to pour all that we have and all that we are into a relationship with you so that we can live fully into who you created us to be. Oh God, transform us from the inside out so that we can be who you call us to be so that we can live as Jesus lived, so that we can be your light in a broken world. Gracious God, help us to be the light and the plant that lives between the bricks and the pavement, not because we have done it, God, but because you have transformed us in an amazing way so that we can live fully in to you and we can be the bright hurting and broken world. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this table in which you have given us. God, for the bread and the juice that represents the body and the blood of Christ that was given to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrificial love on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the Lord today. God, let us remember the body of Christ that was broken for you and the blood of Christ that was shed for you. Let us that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. God, we have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, God, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joy. Jesus Christ, our Lord. But that is not the end of the story. We know that God comes to pour out his Holy Spirit on us. At his heavenly banquet, through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ given for you. I will remind you that this is not the table of this church or of the United Methodist Church, but this is the table of our Lord and Savior. So all who are wanting to participate and be set free are invited to come. The table has been set. Shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't keep Coming after me. No shawl you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't.